welcome to At The Root, normally with Greg Kuiper. However, Greg is practicing what he preaches. He is being present. He is being aware. He is being mindful, which is to say he is at home working on house projects with his lovely wife. But that's an important thing. Um, If you have a question, however, feel free. You can ask me. I mean, what could happen? Um, Feel free to call in to 425 373-5527. And I do want to remind you, even though he's not here, that Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and a holistic life coach who has learned through professional practice and personal experiences that without connection to self, real connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. So I actually have in studio with me, J.D., who has a show that comes on right before this show. And welcome, J.D., by the way. Hey, thank you. Of course. Uh, If you have not listened to his show, the show is all about us. It's right on before this show every Monday at 3 o'clock to Mm 3.30. So I figured what could happen? We can talk about relationships. Absolutely. Um, Well, I'm listening to Greg's show every week. And we learn so much. Absolutely. So I'm excited at the chance to kind of be here with you to to chat about it. Right. So first disclaimer, we are not professionals like Greg is. No. So as we have this conversation, um, you know. Not professional therapists. Cor- well. Professional other things. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional talker. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, we normally talk about uh, takeaways from last week. And I do want to remind people, we'll probably next week with Greg, we'll you know, we'll pick up. Uh, Greg has been talking about what he does in couples counseling with Steve and Char. Mm-hmm. I call her Char now. And we all call her Char. We all call her Char. Well, and as I said, sometimes I'm like, girl, um, we talked about the fact that there was a lot of uh, fallout from Steve getting emotional after their second session that had both him and Charlotte in it. And this whole idea of the shame and regret and unexpected emotion that he was dealing with, um, the idea that because of his attachment type and his personality type, that things need to need to um, kind of measure up. Greg talked about this idea that it's like a, it's an equation. It needs to add up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole idea of the coping mechanisms that we all developed as a result of our family of origin trauma. And, you know. It, it can be something that is the normal, I'm, I'm using air quotes, you can't see me because I'm on the radio, but the normal definition of trauma, like some horrible event um, that happened or, you know, your parent leaving you or whatever it is. Or it could just be that you didn't feel seen or heard or whatever. Right. So trauma has. It can be overt or covert. Oh, seems well done. to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and, and they have, and because they happen when we're kids, it seems to me. When we don't have a measuring stick yet, you know, like this is worse than that or this is tougher than that, it's just as destabilizing, just as painful, just as life-shaping and behavior-shaping and attitude-shaping. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not until we get older that we start then probably doing comparisons we shouldn't do. Well, yeah. it's funny that you say that because I was going through my uh, pictures earlier to try to finally get rid of some. And then, of course, all the pictures of the cats. And I'm like, I can't get rid of those. They're so cute. Um, but anyway, I digress. I found this great piece that I saw about the idea of comparison that you're bringing up. Mm. Um, I'll have to see if I can find it before the show ends. And it was this 
this idea that it doesn't matter how much water you're in, it's still it's still more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. And so that that trauma piece. So so like you can drown in three feet of water or thirty. Right. Right. Yeah. Sure. Wow. Like you're normally the guy that like it takes forever to say something, and you just wrapped that right up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It, blind squirrel <laughs> finds a nut every once in a while. Wow. <laughs> so um, so yes, exactly that, and. Then what I thought was really interesting, and I want to talk a little bit about this, because I go back and forth. Um, Greg talks about the fact that we can go back and forth between our attachment types. Mm -hmm. And so there are these, you know, you can be super needy or you could be the person that's avoiding or whatever it is. Or you can be both depending on your age, your stage, the relationship, the environment, et cetera, et cetera. hundred percent. I've been both. Right. I've, I've loved that he's made that distinction so many times, you know, and, and illustrating that. Not just what those types are, but that we all have various elements of them in us. And depending on the equation, they can come out in different ways. Right. 100%. I've experienced that. And it's fascinating. So one of the other things that we talked about last week uh, or that he addressed is this, you know, Charlotte being comfortable assuming that everything is her fault. And we, we jokingly talked about the balance of baggage, right? That that's a lot of baggage. And, and yet you weirdly, you know, how many times have, have we brought in groceries and somebody says, can I help you with the bags? And you're like, I got it all balanced. Like if you take something, then it's all going to fall apart, right? Like, and so it's that same idea that you get comfortable with the balance of your baggage. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to talk about that. Okay. Let's because... Go. That is so me. And I talked about this last week on the show that, you know, I joke that I'm like the Sherpa that, you know, I'm like, no, no, I'll carry everything and get the camp set all up and whatever so that you can climb this place that I've already climbed and cleaned up and swept and made sure that there's food. Which you haven't noticed. Right. (laughs) Like, did you notice that I put hand towels in the tent? <laughs> I would really like you to notice, but I'm not going to tell you you should notice. Right. Uh-huh. So, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a martyrdom thing there. And that's exactly, then that's exactly it. That Greg talks so often about how we need to, in any relationship, articulate our needs and desires. Mm-hmm. And so I have been learning over the course of my working with Greg and doing this, that I need to articulate when I need that because otherwise I do I do the martyr thing and the martyr thing is so ugh. oh it's it's deadly you're you're gonna get nothing but resentment out of that right I mean and I it's actually gotten to a point where I now as a as a cradle Catholic I now sing the Easter hymn were you there when they crucified oh wow. <laughs> That's Martyr Lord. Heart. Right. <laughs> and I like have my arms out and I'm like, mm-hmm. here I am. Don't mind me. It's well, fine. But see, the, the thing is, it seems to me about that, having been that mode before in, in relationships in the past, reflecting back when somebody did notice, there's no way to respond to that where it's like, oh, good. They noticed. It's like, what took you so long? <laughs> or that's that's a first. Right. It's or never good enough. It's never it's never good enough. It sets a standard that nobody can meet and that nothing and no, a standard that cannot be satisfied in us. That's misery. Oh, and 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 that's exactly, you know, so when reflecting on the show from last week and reflecting because I'm so like Steve and Char are 
very real, tangible people for I me. Know. <laughs> you have visceral reactions. I am to them. like so vested in this, <laughs> and you know that whole assuming it's her fault piece, and and that that does become comfortable, and that and that, as you say, is then such a trigger. Mm-hmm. You know, for other people, it does nothing but build resentment. And tick off the other person. Well, and the danger in it, of course, is it seems to me, this has happened in my own experience, is when we get used to those walls, if you will, that self-imposed cage we put ourselves in, we can start thinking that's all that there is and that we're actually not trapped in something that that's just the way things are and it's never going to change or that somebody else needs to change. You know, it, it's, we suddenly, over time, we're in this illusion that we think is real and it seems to me that the big challenge that Steve and Shar ran into and that Greg probably deals with all the time in his work is that connection is about breaking through those illusions. And then you got to deal with reality of other people's perceptions and, and, and what you might have been doing. And maybe that the martyrdom thing is more about you than somebody else. Right. It's a lot of heavy lifting to do, you know, over time. And uh, so that to me is what always stands out is that I think Steve and Shaw are having a steady realization of their own stuff. And then you ha- then you start seeing the other person a little bit more clearly. And that's not always easy either. No. I mean, I think about, you know, it's doing this show with Greg every week is awesome because I then oh, go yeah. home and I'm like, <laughs> hey, honey, my husband of 29 years, like – let's talk about this. And he's like, Ugh, do we have to? I'm like, well, you're avoided. <laughs> <laughs> Tagging him to the wall. <laughs> and he's like, oh my gosh, you're so needy. <laughs> Speak your needs. Exactly. Right? And so then, you know, I'm like, well, and, and so learning those things and you and I were talking before about, you know, even the apology piece Yeah. and talking about the apology piece and where the Charlotte piece resonates is the a comfortable assuming that everything is your fault. It's something that you've done, that you're somehow lacking, and that you need that constant reassurance. And then on top of it, the apologizing. Yeah. And that is, even in myself, I'm aware, like, that is so unattractive. (laughs) (laughs) Which part? The part needing an apology or? No, it's okay to... Needing an apology, that's just, I feel like personally, that that is common courtesy. Mm. It is, it's that, I, I touched on it last week. It's not apologizing for how you feel about something. It's acknowledging that in how you articulate it or the interaction that you may have made the person feel bad. Oh, we have a, we have a caller. Uh-oh. Who's calling? Caller. Are you there? Hey, you two. Oh, hey. oh, geez. <laughs> Uh-oh, busted. <laughs> busted. Dad found out we we're playing. <laughs> no, no, I was listening in. It, it's it, 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 it's great to have you both there. Thank you so much. Um, I am uh, I am uh, nurturing my relationship at home. That's awesome. That's awesome. I feel a little <laughs> weird sitting in your chair, though, Greg. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, it was great what you uh, were just talking about. It really hit me with that uh, illusion where, you know, mm. the illusion piece, because that's in relationships, we just so often uh, exist there, mm-hmm. and and we don't even know it. And it's just uh, you were talking about Char, and, and and many times when 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 a partner goes into that illusion of of it must be my fault, and just lives there, 
and um, eventually they anticipate it, and that's what's what gets really sticky is that anticipatory part where they anticipate what the reaction of the other person is going to be, even if it's not going to be that. You know what I mean? They just, mm-hmm. they, they live, and so everything is couched in that anticipation, and there's no truth there. It's all illusion, right? Yeah, I've, I've, a friend of mine called that handing somebody the script. Like, here's, yeah. here's the script that I'm expecting you to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, have I done that in my, in my relationships of all kinds, yeah. of all kinds, not just romantic ones. Well, and to add on to that, the idea that, you know, there's the beer goggles or rose-colored glasses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah. it's that your filter through which you have these interactions or conversations are, you know, you have that filter of expectation, that that filter of illusion. And not only in terms of what you're expecting to have happen, it's it's also just expectation about who you're supposed to be. I mean, I'm finding at 51 that I'm starting to let go of some of the physical things some of the mental and emotional things that I would say are surrounding expectations of family of origin how I'm supposed to be how I think I'm supposed to be both in relation to my family of origin to society to my husband etc etc yeah and that who you're supposed to be is just a the illusion it's yep. part of the illusion right i mean and and you, we we live there a lot of times for for years and years yeah and and i was thinking about this uh greg and i'm wondering is is this where the awareness uh element is so important to be aware of that once you seems to yeah. me like half the battle with an illusion is being aware that it is an illusion yes that's that's the, the like turning the stone over that's mm-hmm. like the I can't think of the analogy here, but it's the it's the moment of realization that, oh, is this really an illusion? Oh, oh, this is an illusion, right? <laughs> and it, it's it's kind of a slow process, but if the two partners can do it together, it really becomes um, an exploration rather than one party going, "Oh my God, have I been doing this?" Oh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and. Yeah. Um, if they can discover it together, it's more of a curiosity, I think, and and they help each other get through it rather than cringing in the background, you know. Well, and you've both fed that because, you know, perhaps there's the illusion that the one person is doing, but the other person has enabled it in some ways and has mm-hmm. allowed it to continue and has not maybe encouraged like, hey, you know, is that really what you want to do, or is that what we want to do, or whatever it is? Well, and and they're living in their own illusion, which may be what. Well, that's not maybe. It what is what the other the other person's illusion is built on. So we got an illusion built on somebody else's illusion, and and uh, there's no truth there. There's no. Mm-hmm. I have that song. Um, hey, now don't dream. It's over. Running through my head. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and no and working. and it seems to me, I mean, Greg, how often have you seen this in your practice? That that realization or those realizations of those illusions on top of an illusion, and then the realities of the other start seeping in. For some couples, I I would think that that's just a heavy duty crash, and for others, 
it's a relief or maybe it's a little bit of both. Have you have you found that in your practice there's there's like a 50-50 <laughs> shot once those realizations are seen? What, know, do you, I, what have you seen? As you were saying this, I was just, it was going through my mind of, of people, you know, couples. And, you know, I, I'm working with one recently and it was like a, a uh, celebration for them, a light bulb, a giant light bulb mm. that went on. And they were just uh, happy that they had discovered this and uh, are just moving forward with this positive energy around it to, 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 to eliminate these illusions or, you know, work with them. And then I've had other people that, oh, one party or the other, it just crushes them. You know, for a while, it's it's how could I have done that? How could I have been there? Right. I'm a better person than that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, uh, beating themselves up. Um, so well, it goes either way. It goes either way. I would think that I could see it being a reassuring thing for the couples that are happy about it. It's it's almost as if the the blame thing. You know, blame yeah, seems yeah. to be such a thing in relationships. I know because I'm constantly. <laughs> <laughs> talking about blame. Um, and so this idea that there is, you know, right and wrong or, you know, what you've done or whatever. And so popping the illusion, it's like, oh, no, we were both duped. Yeah, it's a relief. Mm-hmm. You can just see it in their demeanor when they get it, you know. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a relief that, oh, my God, we don't have to play a game anymore, you know. And... um Realizing that uh, that they each had a part in it, and so not one single person is to blame, and that's a key because if somebody's blaming the other person, or if one person is taking all the blame on themselves, like Char kind of was doing, mm-hmm. um, that makes it really tough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems to me too the the experience of having those drop, and then feeling the connection. That, mm. is, that has been what's been craved the whole time, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. To feel that would, I, would be empowering. That's happened to me in several of my relationships where those illusions have dropped and then the connection's there and suddenly you're able to say, now what's possible? Right. And, uh, you know, those are moments. I, I had one the other day with a couple when when that um, they, they realized all this we're talking about and it was uh, a powerful moment of emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're headed with all this, right? Break the illusions so that everything, our daily existence, is emotional connection, right? The ultimate, uh, the ultimate goal. Well, and it, you know, when we talked about them leaving the session and how you had given Shar permission to, you know, hey, move forward. He's he's feeling vulnerable right now, and you know, support and them leaving, and I think they left holding hands and all of that. And I don't have the those rose-colored glasses of, you know, oh, it's a romance, it's so sweet, you know, whatever. Um, It's not that. It's, you know, hope is such a powerful thing and that Mm -hmm. connection. And so, you know, them leaving and seeing what's next and being willing to think about what's next, you know, that's really the stuff that makes a marriage. Yeah, you're right there. The word hope, that's... What gets sparked there? Because a lot of these folks have been living these illusions without hope for mm-hmm. so long, mm-hmm. and and 
anytime they've gotten hope, it's been dashed somehow. And so now they just anticipate existence, right? And, and this relationship, where, where's the hope in it? And so when we, when we can get to that point to where there's hope, even a little bit of hope, it goes a long ways. Did um, did Shar or Steve have coping mechanisms that while they were in these illusions, that because they weren't connecting, that they started drifting towards? I would think that it's around things like this, that in yeah. your work with addiction and things like that, where a lot of these come from, numbing pain, yeah, you know that type of thing. Is that pretty pretty standard for you to see? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a lot of. Um, um, a lot of substance use. I mean, that's an easy one for everybody, right? I mean, right. Legal and yeah, and um, yeah, uh, not so much. You know, infidelity as much. I, I do see it, but uh, generally, when it's gotten to that standpoint, it's uh, it's it's a real tough way back. Yeah, I, I think when that when that trust goes down the tubes like that. Yeah. And there's, there is a, um, this is going to sound weird, but there's an addiction that people don't talk about in marriage, and that is the addiction of, like, busyness. <laughs> Meaning, you know, oh, I'm busy at work, kind of like what Steve had talked about, like, well, you know, we had more kids, and now i got to work harder, and now i got to be at work longer, and now there's expectations that I go do this and I go do that. And so there's that busyness, again, with, you know, well, now I have to do this, and then, and I'm I'm painting here with a very wide brush and traditional um, like gender norms and that kind of thing. So obviously this can be different and I just want to acknowledge that. Um, But as it refers to me and my relationship, you know, and then I would always have the busyness of like, well, you know, I'm up all night with the kids and I've got the busyness of the kids and I've got to volunteer and I've got to go here and I've got to go there. And there's always so much busyness about self-importance that you don't connect yeah, and you know, people get into trouble sometimes um, when the busyness goes away. Mm-hmm. Emptiness. Right. Retiring. You know, uh, there's a, uh, those are crucial times in re- many relationships because those distractions I've been relying on are not there. I know. By the way, <laughs> my youngest leaves for college in like two months. So if you could just pivot to empty nesting when we get to that point, that'd be great. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. My sister and brother-in-law are about to face that too. Um, well, uh. and you know, I will say that uh, I, I had role models in my parents that, you know, they very much made it very clear that they expected us to go off and do our own thing. Um, almost to the opposite end. Like, you know, see ya kids. Um, and don't come back. Yeah, kind of like, you know, right when you get work. Um, And so on the one hand, it was it was good because, you know, they're like, look, you're going to find your person and you're going to do your thing. And and as you should and you go off and whatever. On the other hand, that that empty nest thing, so many people that don't do that. They can't, as you say, deal without the kids running some kind of distraction or interaction or something like that. And so Pete and I both had role models that that had encouraged us as kids to go off and do things. So Pete and I are looking forward not to the, the funny thing is we're not looking forward to the kids being gone. We're looking forward to finding out who we are. You're right. 
in outside of, of right outside of you know who the kids turned us into to being so <laughs> we've like, been parenting for so long what what's it like without parenting i don't know right so i mean now do i get to say like so how was your day dad or now do i finally get to say so how was your day pete <laughs> <laughs> right what'd you do at school today right exactly <laughs> you know so that's that's a whole thing um and i do think early on when when Steve and Shar first met with you and they talked about, you know, well, I was doing this and you were doing that. It just seems like there's this tit for tat busyness that yep. is, you know, it's the excuse or the sword that you can that you can rely on to explain away why you're not connecting. Well, and as you, you know, as you break down these illusions and you and you're you're kind of vul- well. You're not kind of. You're vulnerable right there, right? I mean, it's like, who is this person now that we're not playing these games? And so it's almost uh, like uh, um, starting over, right? The the, the courtship it can be right. Well, it's you know Oz. Like you find out that you know Great Oz is actually much shorter than you thought. <laughs> <laughs> but boy, there's but there's a real opportunity there. I mean, it it oh. it seems to me. I mean, the if to to really then reconnect. I, I love that idea of courtship all over again, um, yep. because then it's another stage. And I think you know sometimes at least the illusion that I grew up with uh, was that once I was married, then everything just sort of keeps taking care of itself. And you know, <laughs> rather than the notion that the relationship continues to change and goes through right. stages, and there needs to be rediscovery uh, and reengagement and and all of those things, uh, I would think that would be a relief. Uh, to your clients when they see that they can yeah, do that. Definitely. And not only can they do it, but they, they might actually be able to know how to do it. Yeah, it it's kind of a silliness, a giddiness can be to it, right? That that that, that wonder can be in there, and, and that spices up life, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, we only have a minute left here, so I will just... I will just say that I am looking forward to not having to make dinner and to having cheese and crackers every night for dinner and <laughs> to, you know, and which is weird, but it takes us back to the dating thing, right? When we would go out and we would have drinks and we would just like there was talking and cuddling and and all of that. So I'm looking forward to that. And I next week, hopefully your your home project is done and we can see. Oh, I'll be back. Okay, good. Um, yeah, yeah, no, this was. Unexpected, but I'm so glad JD could be there. I just love talking to you, bud. And, oh yeah, thank you, and, and uh, thank you for sticking around and doing that. And I'm glad I could jump in. Oh well, yeah, no, me too. I, I was like, <laughs> should I do this or not? Well, it's my show. <laughs> no, it's your show, your show, and you should, because because otherwise she and I just be making things up, wondering what you thought the entire time. <laughs> exactly. Like, do not do this at home. All right. Yeah, well. I didn't call Eric and say, okay, cut him off. Cut him <laughs> off. <laughs> so then give the advice that you always give. Hey, everybody, just stay aware out there. There See we go. See you all next week. Bye-bye. Thanks. Again.